0: Yes, sports radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college, you do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You are listening to Ray and Tay Today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside.
0: And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we're hyped up. It's a Monday. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, today at gmail.com. We like your emails, so keep on bringing them to us. RayandTayToday.com, the website, very cool, great sports interviews some fun opinions, and our fandom is on there. And tweet at us, Instagram us, Facebook us. You know, we're YouTube, we're iTunes, back episodes, a lot of fun. We got uh, playoffs, NBA, NHL, some football, Kentucky Derby, all that good stuff, some, some some awards coming this week and handing out and all that good stuff. Ray, let's let's start it off, man. I guess basically we got to say congratulations to the favorite down the stretch. It was uh, without question. Nyquist gets it done. Kentucky Derby, Mint Julep, everywhere. Uh, I think you had exaggerator and I had creator. Exaggerator came in second, right? Who was uh, second and third behind Nyquist?
1: Yeah, so it turns out that it was, if you were a betting man, it was one, two, three, four in the odds all came in that order. And it was Great. the first time in like, I think it was 40 years, that the 45 years that that happened. So uh, two weeks from today or two weeks from Sunday, Moving on to Pimlico, moving on to Baltimore, and we'll see. It could happen.
0: It could you happen. You know, this horse is a impressive. huge favorite. He's uh, 8-0 this, now, right? 8-0? Oh, oof. That's, uh, that's pretty good. That's uh, You know, listen, you can't get upset at that. And, look, we waited so long for a Triple Crown winner, and we got it last year, so we can't be greedy, right, and hope for it two years in a row. But sometimes you're like, why not? And all the Swedish people, because he's named after uh, your boy uh, Gus Nyquist, right? So all the Swedes are going crazy, and uh, that's 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 a good look. That's good stuff. It was fun. You it's need a horse a named
1: thing. after you. Are you ready? You want somebody to name a thoroughbred horse after? I,
0: think I wanted Taylor to be called Made. Taylor Made or Taylor Tough? I always get upset because I got the Taylor Made golf clubs. I'm like, come on, that's me. But. Yeah, nah, I would, I, I wouldn't mind that. That that'd be kind of nice, you know. And then the other news of the day, right? Forgetting the weekend, your boy, I'm never too healthy, but I'm too rich. Sam Bradford comes back to uh, training camp for the Eagles, and I'm like, yeah, you had to. And the Philly fans are gonna rip you until you can at least get them to four uh, and zero. What do you think about Sam Bradford finally returning? And rescinding his trade demands for the Eagles.
1: <laughs> well, comedy. quarterback is the hardest position in all of sports, probably to trade because the value is so high and the integration into the offense and the offensive coordinator. You you don't just plop. It's not a cornerback, you know. You don't just plop a guy into a system and, and let's go. So. Even if he wanted to be traded, it's so difficult in the NFL to trade your quarterback. So just go there, compete, and beat out Carson Wentz, and no problem. So, you know, and again, I come back to, you know, not to diss him, and I loved him in college, and he won a Heisman Trophy as a redshirt sophomore. But what really have you done in the NFL? I mean, it's not Dan Marino getting his job potentially challenged by Carson Wentz, Right. So, oh, yeah. even last year in Philly, you didn't really do anything. So, to get offended like that and be like, I demand a trade, just go play. <laughs> go earn your position.
0: And and the irony of it, too, is that this guy's got to learn the offense, right? Because Chase Daniel, he's like, uh, yeah, I already know it, Coach. You can put me in. I'm ready. I'm retched. He's like, I've been retched. <laughs> so, It'll be funny, yo. That's the thing. We gotta start the hashtag. I got a new. You know how these young kids, you know, we used to be like, yo, that's so crazy or whatever. And kids now they just like, you know, cray cray, right? Or sometimes they'll just say cray. So they're like C R A. Well, you know, I gotta keep it up. One, you know, one up it on the young kids. So for me, Tay has started. I, we gotta start the hashtag Cr. So no A, just C R. C R that's crook. You crazy. <laughs> you crook. You crook, you You're crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we got to uh, keep it up in the head. So let's get to the NBA. Look, it's not official, but by the time we come back Friday, we'll be official because they're going to do it uh, game five in Golden State, which is either Wednesday or Thursday, right? And we don't know if it's unanimous, but we got to give our props back to back. He, he did the Drake. Stephen Curry will be announced as the MVP. We think it should be unanimous, right, Ray? But you never know with these voters. They're kind of funny business. But uh, what are your thoughts on Curry real quick, getting uh, the trophy and maybe playing tonight, possibly maybe?
1: <laughs> well, I don't think he should play tonight unless he's at least 90%. He's too valuable in the next round. It's not
0: the worth next it.
1: round is going to be much, much more difficult than this round with no disrespect to the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers who are actually a decent team and they got a great young backcourt in McCollum and of course Dame Lillard.
0: Baby ball right But baby dame tonight, dame, tonight they, could, they could tie it up tonight, Ray. Possible. Dropping dimes. Dame has been dropping,
1: dropping dimes. dimes. Dropping dimes. But yeah. Steph Curry, you could argue so here here's something to put in perspective. We thought that Steph Curry, both you and I were in unison in thinking that James Harden was the MVP last year. Now it wasn't yeah. we weren't devastated because Steph Curry had a great year and his team did right. great and they ended up winning the championship. Obviously you vote before the playoffs start, so you didn't know that they were going to win the championship. But if it's possible, he is much I don't even want to say better. I want to say much better than last oh, year. Oh yeah. So this guy if he's not unanimous this year, I don't know what these voters are thinking, but he should be the unanimous MVP. Not only was he better than last year, his team was the best regular season team of all time, and the guy averaged 30 a game and was pretty much not playing. I've got to look at the stats, but maybe four or seventeen fourth or
0: 17 fourth quarters he didn't play in.
1: Yeah, I'm exa- I said 40, I'm exaggerating. But yeah, 16 complete third, fourth quarters, and let's say he played half. So let's say on average he averaged about two minutes, three minutes in the fourth quarter. So this is prime time, you know, rack up some stats time, especially when you're a 90% shooter from three, and uh, sorry, a 90% shooter from the free throw line, 45% shooter from three. So you're trying to tell me if he didn't play fourth quarters, that he wouldn't average 33, 34 a game, 35 a game. Oh,
0: exactly. This guy's
1: unbelievable. Uh, You know, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, back-to-back MVPs. He's he's unbelievable. Um, You know, I mean – Here's the here's the question: If you're starting a team, would you take him or you would you take LeBron? I mean, a couple of years ago, it'd be no question. Yeah, people are
0: talking about that today. And, I still and think
1: you take LeBron just because physically he, he's more durable, he's bigger, he can play more positions. But I tell you what: if in this quote-unquote new age NBA, Steph Curry is is oof.
0: Well, but listen, he's listen. Awesome. Now that 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 you can open up to more than just two people, because now you can put Russell Westbrook in that question and Kawhi Leonard. So sure. that's you know that's even more fascinating. But I wanted to say this, man. You gotta giving some props to the past. Only two other guys have led the league in um, scoring and steals, and the other two, Michael Jordan and A. I. Allen Iverson. That's pretty cool, huh? So Curry's in, uh, you know, in some in some good company with those guys, and we know about Iverson and Jordan. So, Ray, look, before we break down the playoffs and we got to talk about, the, you know, yesterday, the sweep and this and that, uh, we got to give another congrats to a new head coach with a new job and a new babysitting assignment of DeMarcus Cousins, Jaeger, <laughs> oh, who God. gets fired from Memphis, David Yeager, he gets a, another job quickly. After the Kings interviewed everybody, maybe not Ray and Tay, but they interviewed like 30 dudes. And Jaeger uh, <laughs> just quickly after he gets fired, boom, boom, steps in and is like, I'll take that, and took the job. Are you shocked? I mean, obviously, he, he did a good job in Memphis. This year was not his fault with the injuries, and he's been highly respected. But I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you, that the Kings you went know, with
1: him. A little bit, but there's no thoroughbred out there, right? There's no Nyquist out there. So who's <laughs> your guy? You know what I mean? So so he's fresh off coaching, so it's not like he's been out for, for many years. He seems to be a player's coach. Um, he had some personalities down there between Matt Barnes and Zeebo. and, and, and oh, he had, had the Tony whole Allen.
0: Team. Yeah, and,
1: and Gasol. So maybe he's so prepared, he to,
0: right? <laughs> Wait, that's perfect, Ray. That prepared him for the Kings knuckleheads.
1: Right? So he had international, he had thugs, he had defense, he had, you know, athletes. So why not? Why not? I mean, I think he's a perfectly fine coach. I think he and Vogel are two coaches that shouldn't have been fired. So to me, if they're the first two hired, I don't have a problem with that because they are legitimate NBA coaches that have proven over the last three, four years that they can coach in the league. (laughs) And if they get a job quickly, I'm cool with that.
0: So let me ask you this. Do you think Frank Vogel gets a call from either Houston or the Knicks? Those are the only two jobs remaining, right?
1: I think he should. I think he should. I think the Knicks is more – the Knicks are going to have to have a a heart-to-heart with themselves. And if Phil Jackson – Or with Dolan and Phil.
0: (laughs) Dolan and Phil need a heart-to-heart.
1: Dolan and Phil, Dolan and Dolan. I mean, I think Phil has to go. I think Phil and Carmelo have to go, and you need to start this whole thing over again. Uh, Phil has a certain coaching philosophy, and it's so unique that either Phil has to let go and let his head coach do his thing, or he needs to get a Phil disciple, which Frankly, it's hard to find. There aren't that many field disciples out there, right? The best one is Steve Kerr, and uh, what a decision he made to go to Golden State instead of coming to the Knicks. Um, Walton's another guy; he's with the Lakers. So there aren't that many field disciples out there. So uh, I have a I have a doubts that the Knicks are going to make, uh, you know, the best coaching decision. They got to make a coach. They got to find a coach that kind of meshes with Phil, and it's not that easy to do, especially not if you're a veteran coach out there. So uh, I'm a little worried about the Knicks, frankly. So uh, Frank Vogel might go to – maybe he goes to Houston. Maybe he takes a team that's awfully talented but has no chemistry and helps them build some chemistry.
0: No, that's a good point. And also, I forgot, there's still the Pacers job, but Vogel came from that, so he wouldn't go back there. Uh, We'll see how those three play out. You know, I still, out of those three, I still, it's hard for me to fathom that Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy couldn't get back into it with, with either of those organizations. But, you know, I guess two of the three, Vogel and Van Gundy, were already there. I don't know. You know, Mark has ties to the Pacers and the Knicks, so you would think he'd at least get a shot, but it probably won't happen with the Knicks. So, look, let's talk about it, man. Yesterday, some great Mother's Day basketball. We'll talk with the Eastern Conference first, and uh, out of yesterday's games, I, I, I banged the table and I said this all along, and it's proven that Tyron Liu has really got this team going, not just with the offense and, and moving a little bit faster. And, you know, no one could predict how they're hitting the threes. They're on a record pace, you know, all-time better than the Warriors this year or anybody else ever in history, playoffs or regular season. But I think what we're really seeing is just getting your big three to be the big three. They have Kevin Love, 27 points. The other two, 21. They win. The role players are doing their part. Shumpert and Jr. and Thompson, they're all playing their roles Channing Fry is, you know, perfect for that system. And away they go into a little vacation because this other series with the Heat and Raptors, which we'll get into in a minute tonight, you know, that could wind up going seven games. How impressed are you with sort of the new use and the newfound swag of my man Kevin Love? who, yeah, he's shooting a lot of threes. But, you know, remember, Detroit's serious. He got his touches in the post, but he's also just getting rebounds. And I think it's all about the confidence to why he's playing so great. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think so. we talked about this mid-season, and we said when David Blatt goes and Tyron Lue enters, single most important thing that he needs to do is get Kevin Love into it. Because if you've got three stars, you need three stars in the playoffs. You need your big three. And the first thing you need is availability. And health-wise, Kevin Love went down in the first round, and then Kyrie went down after game one of the finals. So first, just having them healthy is a start, right? And now I, I do think that in the long run, Kevin Love is shooting too many threes. Uh, just like Serge Ibaka, you know, every time he shoots a three and he makes it, it's great, but you're taking a rebounder and a premier defender away from the basket, you know, I, I don't know about the long-term viability of that, but if they keep shooting this way, I mean, they can shoot themselves to a championship right here. Uh, this is one of the things that, that was missing last year. You know they can defend and you know they can create their own shot in the fourth quarter, so if you can bridge you know from the end of the first to the you know middle of the fourth with guys like you said Tristan Thompson and Channing Fry hitting eight threes and New York makes Schumper, that pick,
0: by the way. <laughs> j r
1: Smith no, yeah for sure number eight, right um, yeah, yeah. you can definitely see this Cav team getting very, very confident. And they have they a big three, ready. so they look—they look good. They look very good. But you know, I—we both didn't think that the Eastern Conference held held much of a challenge for them. So it really is going to come down to you know playing this way in June against a really solid but potentially you know beaten up Western Conference champion.
0: Right, and then the the nightcap, you know, game. One was the blowout for the Spurs, and then two, three, and then you know you were wondering what was going to happen with four, especially because three back in OKC the Spurs were like, no, stop this, you're not getting no momentum, and they took care of business on Friday. So then Sunday comes around, and you're wondering what's going to happen. Will the Spurs pull away? Can Durant and Westbrook figure out, you know, how to get the others involved, and? I think Westbrook played a beautiful game. It wasn't all about him scoring. He might only have like 14 points, but he gets his rebounds and assists, but he got the other guys involved. And when waiters can get 17 and you got Cantor and Adams scoring, you know, you, you really can get everybody touches. And then Durant just went off. Like he, he just, and he can do that. You know what I mean? He's, we, we've compared him to Girvin and, and others but he is wake up out of the bed at 25. You know what I mean? Some people you say 20, but he's wake up out of the bed, Ray, at 25 points. And that's KD, man, KD love. And I, I honestly feel that game felt different to me in a sense that I feel like they can sort of sleep on that and, and memorize it and remember it. And maybe they've got a shot to win the next two out of three to beat the Spurs. What, what are your thoughts on that game and sort of how they won it and the rest of the series with OKC and the Spurs?
1: So the Spurs have a weakness in that their only one athletic guy is Kawhi Leonard. And everybody else is a very good basketball player, but they're not athletic enough to stay with these you know super athletes on especially the two stars of Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and uh and uh um, Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. So can OKC beat them absolutely? Absolutely. OKC can beat anybody. OKC has got got you know the most potentially the most dangerous roster uh especially starting five in the NBA. Uh so if if OKC won in 6 or seven would I be surprised? No, definitely not. Um, they were the third best team in the conference you know they they've beaten San Antonio before they've beaten them and given them a hard time many years in the playoffs um, so I, both of these games are going to be tight games. I thought game one was a complete anomaly, and just throw that out. The other three games, even though the score was what they went by eleven or twelve uh, yesterday. Yeah. It was really a close game. They just pulled away in the last five minutes of the of the game, fourth you know, right. fourth quarter. Kawhi missed a couple threes and they just pulled away. They hit their free throws. Durant did his thing. Uh, are the Spurs right. aging
0: though, Ray? Each game, are they aging? Because look, Duncan for the first time ever, never scored in the playoffs. Parker Friday twelve night. minutes amazing. But then Parker, Ginobili, Duncan—that three—are they—are they aging each game?
1: I think they are, but I think Popovich knows that, and his two new studs are obviously Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge. And it's interesting to see, though, that they can't because he's so small. Uh, they can't get Patty Mills into the game. They can't get another shooter. In the backcourt. Now, luckily for them, Tony Parker's shooting very well. Last couple games, he's well, he had 19 and then 20, 21. So, Tony Parker's picking up Danny his
0: Green, who, offense
1: again, but they need, exactly, they need to stretch it all. out and open it up inside, and they need one more guy off the bench. They need a, a guy to give them a spark. And, unfortunately, Kyle Anderson's not athletic enough to play much in this series. So they're going to have to find a guy. And it might be Boris Diaw who gives them kind yeah. of a mismatch. Uh, but they're going to have to, you know, find one more guy in the rotation because this OKC team is tough. So, yeah, short answer, can they beat the Spurs? Absolutely. I think that this is going to go seven. I, I said six. But I, I think OKC is going to, uh, you know, win six at home. The Spurs will win five at home, and then it'll go back to uh, San Antonio for a Game Seven.
0: Either way, it's going to be a classic, and I think either one of these teams is, is really primed to give the Warriors all they can handle. You know, you just hope that when they, whoever wins this, when they face the Warriors that Steph is, you know, 90 to 95%. I mean, look, no player right now, let's be honest, is 100%. So let's get that out of all the fans' heads right now. But if Curry can be, you know, if he can rest tonight and if they, you know, they win, if they really needed him for one game in this series to close it out, fine. You know, you you can play him and stuff. But to me, I'd rather have Curry for a closeout to play than going into game one, than him playing two games or even just playing the first game back, game one against these two juggernauts. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just him be in the closeout and then they would win it, whether he played only 17 minutes or not. So that'll be fascinating to see. So, with tonight, Miami, Toronto, give me a tip off. This series has been fascinating, you know, and. Give the Raptors credit. They got the 2-1 lead. Kyle Lowry really showed up last game. You know, the heat, sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off. They're shooting. You know, Dang and Johnson have been doing their thing. But I think it's the injuries. And unfortunately, the Raptors got the, you know, short end of that stick because Jonas, not, not to be confused with Jonas, yeah. Shout out to my brother Jonas Chucka. But but Jonas Valanciunas, he's done for the series, Ray. And that hurts because not only has he been scoring and been a great option when the guards have been choking, you know, he does the high screens and the rolls and he's athletic a little bit. But then white sides hurt too, but it looks like he might just miss one game and people are like, oh, well, he should just pack it in because he's got a big contract ahead of him. And I'm like, ah, come on. You can't say that. Like, if he's healthy enough, he's a competitor. I I believe Whiteside's going to want to play, and he's going to get paid regardless. How do you feel the rest of the series plays out? I mean, tonight, game four, I believe the Heat will tie it up, even if both big guys are out, right? Because if it's small ball versus small ball, you got to like the Heat small ball better than the Raptors. What do you think goes down tonight and the rest of the series?
1: Yeah, so tonight, Valanciunas yeah, kept Runo them in, kept the kept in the series. If it if wasn't Valanciunas, was they'd be oh, down yeah. 2-0 and maybe even oh, 2-1. Three. Who knows? Yeah, yeah three games. I, Jonas Valanciunas is a big, big hole Toronto has to fill. Miami could have won several of these games.
0: You there? Okay, we might have lost Ray there for a second. Ray, you're...
1: Ray, you're
0: breaking up. <laughs> you're breaking up pretty bad over there I don't know if you can hear me You're breaking up oh. pretty bad can Oh, you having me? some technical issues Yeah, yeah can you hear me? But no, no, but I, I think you're, you're right and I agree It's But they what's all gonna... score
1: the same way That's my problem, is that Dragic, Wade And Joe Johnson pretty much score With the ball in their hands From about the same places on the court So, you know, I'd like to see them Get some front court love but uh, if they need to ride their backcourt, then so be it.
0: And they're good enough. And I think Dwayne Wade, I mean, what did he have the other day? 38. I mean, this guy, you know, he's, he's still amazing. And I think honestly, people get caught up with this controversy and a lot of Toronto folks and Canada fans have been like, listen, it's not that big of a deal with him. He was taking a couple of extra shots at the start of the anthem and, you know, people are starting to rally it up, and he, you know, he needs to, I think, apologize officially. But he, he, you know, said, "I was just trying to get my extra shots in. It wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. It was just, you know, trying to do his routine." Everybody's like, "Oh, well, what if uh, Wiggins or Nash did that to the U.S. anthem? You know, Americans would be going crazy." Yeah, they probably would, because you know, people, you know, ever since nine eleven, people get Extra and super patriotic for the anthem at games, you know, and, and that's a good thing. But, you know, I, I don't know. I I think I don't think it was anything malicious. No, you know, from what we know of Wade's character. So uh, the last last one of these games, you know, basically, I, you know, we already talked on the Warriors and stuff. So we'll see how that plays out tonight he's he's listed as being, you know, questionable. He might play. The last thing they said today that he, you know, he could play. If Curry plays, how much do you play him and do you think either way the Warriors win this game tonight against the Blazers?
1: I think they do win either way. And if you have him, I think he's got to be on a pitch count. You can't let him play more than 20 minutes. Look, I'm no doctor, but some something in the 15 to 20 minute range. Uh right. no more than that because you need this guy and he's a little dude, he's fragile, you know? So uh mm-hmm. a lot of times also with these injuries you tend to overcompensate. So if you've got one bad leg, you tend to use the other one and you'll injure your other leg. So Get him back. Get him in the groove if you're going to play him. And the doctors say he's 90%. You get him in the groove. You get him – let him break a sweat. It's swag. a
0: lose-lose. Uh, it's not a clinching game. You can only go up 3-1. You know, if, at worst, look, if they tie it up 2-2, you're going back home to win two out of three. If he plays, whether he plays game five or six, you know you're going to wind up winning at home. I just
1: Yeah, but I, I will say this to, to – to the naysayers, the guys and, and you know, we've seen this before. You never take anything for granted in the playoffs. No think get it,
0: they, you they, wish Exactly. They go bad.
1: two two, they go two two and then for a loose ball, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, you know, go after it, bump into each other and Clay sprained his knee. So you've got a You've got a 80% Steph Curry. You're missing Clay, And then you start to play Sean Livingston in the backcourt, who's a good player. But if he plays 35 minutes, his weaknesses get exposed. And then
0: your championship ends no, you're right. You kind of here. finish the series as fast as you can. And if that means bringing back Curry quicker, then by all means, you do it. You're right. You're right. It's just, you know, it's nerve-wracking because of Curry's, um, I guess, past injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would just that would make me a little edgy on saying like, okay, took Curry, let's uh, let's go. And you know, I I don't see that you're really a hundred percent. So look, I mean, before we you know finish out with some hockey, some baseball, we we got a, a fun basketball um, you know, segment. We we like to do our segments, and we've been doing you know this year, even last year the. All-time players, but we want to finish this playoffs. So the next five shows really getting into right now. in terms of where we are now in the current NBA, who are the top five at each position? And so tonight, you know, we'll we'll build up to the small forward and point guard, the two you know competitive ones. So let's we'll start off with the shooting guard. Maybe go to some power forward and center, and work our way down. We you know the point guard is really the debate. But um, let's start with the shooting guards, Ray. This is, you know, fascinating. And we, we can start at the top. And, you know, we're not going to do separate lists. We're just going to have to come to an agreement. And Ray and Tay, you know, we, we see it differently, but sometimes we agree. But I got to ask you this. When you, when you look at this year, and we know what Harden did, started off slow, but he wound up with 29-7-6 and six for his average, uh, seven assists, six rebounds. And Clay Thompson is 22, 2, and, and, and 3.8, so basically four rebounds. But a much better defensive player Clay is. And so are you sort of ready to say Clay is the best shooting guard in the league? Or do you feel like big game James Harden with the beard, the beard, is still slightly holding on to that number one spot? Where do you think we should go with that?
1: So at the start of the playoffs, the of the playoffs I was said, said there was a big, big, gap big gap between Harden and Thompson. But mm-hmm. Clay Thompson playing without Steph Curry is really, really impressed. And yeah. uh, you know, maybe if I had other players around, I would take Thompson on my team, right? If I just needed a guy that's that's awesome on both sides of the court, but I still have to give the edge as if it's only one position, choose one player, I still gotta say Harden by a hair over Clay Thompson.
0: I think that's fair. I was you know, I was almost ready to give it to Clay, but then you realize what Harden does rebounds and assists. I mean, look, two and almost four. Same size,
1: Clay. two, six, seven. Yeah. But you know, no, no, I, no, exactly. build is a little, a
0: little right. bigger. you're totally right. Uh, but two assists and four rebounds for Clay. It's not horrible. But when you see that James has got seven points more a game, and he's got seven assists, five more than Clay, and then six rebounds. So basically, two and a half, almost three more than Clay on the rebounds. You see, and you know. Yeah, he disappears defensively, but there's times where he'll step up and put some effort on and, and play a little. Um, I would agree. So right there, James Harden is, is our top shooting guard and Clay would be number two. Where would you go for the battle for three? Because this is, you know, really fascinating when you start to look at, you know, there's there's multiple gentlemen, you know, so, you you have some guys who didn't make the playoffs this year and Jimmy Butler, who most people would say, that's the guy. But then a lot of people would say, look, you still got the old veteran Dwayne Wade, who is had a great season and is showing in the playoffs. Yo, young fellas, I'm still here. And DeMar DeRozan. So looking at those three, who would be the third best shooting guard in the NBA right now? Now Butler only played 56 games, but Jimmy Butler has definitely stepped up to this conversation
1: and he's a true two-way player. So he's like Klay Thompson. He's like uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's like Draymond Green. Draymond's not that great offensively, but a true two-way player. So I would say that if you're starting your team, it's a little bit of a cop-out answer I'll give you, but if you're starting your team, it's DeMar DeRozan. I'm sorry, it's um, Jimmy Butler. If you're in the playoffs, it's Dwayne Wade. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if it's yeah, yeah, today, I know exactly what you, mean,
0: you know right? what I mean. If
1: it's today, it's Dwayne Wade. If it's tomorrow, it's Jimmy Butler. So uh, you know, Dwayne Wade next by this time next season, maybe you know a shell of himself. But right now, if I'm in the playoffs and I need a guy, I'm calling Dwayne's number.
0: Ooh, so you have Dwayne Wade as the third best shooting guard in the league. Do you know? You know what Butler did this year? Basically, no, I know, geez. but you're
1: seeing Dwayne Wade scoring 38 and carrying a team. No, no, team. you're right. You're right. You're
0: but the, right. You're right
1: Jimmy Butler's a better player. I mean, if you look at it all around, now we all we both agree that Dwayne Wade's third best shooting guard of all time, but if you're starting on, you know, it, let's put it this way. If you're starting, what is today, May 9th, then I'm taking Dwayne Wade because he's in the playoffs. But if you're starting October 30th or whenever the next season starts, I'm going with Jimmy Butler.
0: Right, because Jimmy did on the humble twenty-one a game, basically five assists and five point three rebounds. Wow! And always guarding the best player, Woo! the best and wingman. He guards twos. He guards twos and threes. So let's put Wade three. I think we would probably agree. Wade uh, Butler is definitely ahead of DeRozan. DeRozan's not quite there yet. So Jimmy Butler would go four, five, Ray. It, are we sort of – look, you, you you don't want to crown DeRozan so much just because you've got Wiggins, CJ McCullough, and Bradley Beal, who can't stay healthy, but we know he's legit right there too. So who would be the fifth best shooting guard? Will we, will we have to put those other guys on honorable mention and give it to DeRozan? Or could we – is Wiggins ready? Is CJ McCullough ready? I mean –
1: I like McCollum McCollum a lot, lot, and Wiggins is not ready,
0: ready, and Beal can't stay healthy, so until Beal stays healthy, you can't can't
1: even put him on the list. So, I think that even though he's shown a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde and a little disappearing act in the playoffs, but I think DeMar DeRozan gets their number five spot right there, right ahead of CJ McCollum. And again, next year, if he continues his progression, CJ McCollum might shoot up this list, but but right now, oh, yeah. DJ's ready to uh,
0: shoot DeMar up the right. Okay, DeRozan's I think, so DeRozan's five. So Ray and Tay's top five shooting guards: James Harden, Clay Thompson, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, DeMar Derozan. I like that. I like that a lot. The That's
1: list.
0: It's a nice That's list. It's a nice set
1: of players. They're not super, super, superstar. I mean, maybe James Harden and Clay Thompson are. You know, this was an era where the two-guard used to be. You know, there's not an era of of Right, I was going to ask you, the you know? shooting guard
0: is not what it used to be. This position, no, it it's not much depth. Yeah.
1: These are good, good players, but they're not, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Mitch Richmond. You know, these are not those guys. But
0: very Ray good players. Reggie Miller, Ray very Allen. Very good I mean, we, players. We had the golden age. I think in the 90s, that was the golden age because with the five we mentioned and then you got McCullum, Wiggins and Beal, after that I mean, yeah, maybe Chris Middleton but there's really not, you, you're hard to find ten good guys it's really like... Langston Galloway it's eight <laughs> it's just yeah. eight, eight guys that, you know, we could really uh, so we got our top five and then you would put in uh, McCullum and, and Wiggins and Beal, I mean, that's like eight guys, so so listen, next on Friday we'll, uh, or Friday or the next time we come on, we'll we'll attack the centers because that's even worse off than the shooting guards. But I think that's a good five. Let's uh, let's uh, continue to swing the bat and about a little bit of the stick and the bat and talk about this hockey man because Ray, I, my emotions, I, I feel like I'm gonna have to just say goodbye to my Islanders. It's, uh, it's what is it, 3-1 now?
1: No, no, that's it. They lost the series. Oh, they, okay. done. Okay,
0: so they finished yeah, it. Yeah, last, last night. Yeah, last yeah, night. They was lost dead. 4-0, okay.
1: too. That's not a way to go out.
0: Uh, they yeah, lost
1: 4-0 no. in the game and 4-1 in the
0: series. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. Look, we we both said that we didn't think the Lightning would go all the way without Stampos, but they they surely they put it on the Islanders and showed that the cachet and the playoff experience they gained in the last two seasons was more than enough. Now tonight we got some good matchups because the blues, man, they were impressive over the weekend at Dallas, taking care of the stars and now they're back home and this could be over. I I think the way that they ended that game and the, just the momentum and the dominance, they kind of flexed on Dallas. I think St. Louis, and I picked Dallas to win it. I, I hate to admit it. I, I hope they can win tonight. But um, it's looking like the Blues, Ray, to me, at home, they might finish it
1: 4-2. You're probably right. And like we keep saying, though, you know, home ice in hockey is, is, is the least important factor in all yep. of the sports, you know, four major sports. But Nashville – is the home team on the other side.
0: And they're down. And
1: (laughs) on the other side of that Western Conference bracket, and they're in a situation where they're the home team and they have to defend home ice ice against San Jose. And, like, you think St. Louis is going to win and close out that series. I also think San Jose is going to win. The road team on that side is going to win. And St. Louis... We'll be singing, but Nashville's going to have the blues because I don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough juice. I think the Sharks go in there, take care of business, and
0: both series end tonight. What do you think? Well, so then no, that sounds. I, I totally agree. And then tomorrow, the the Caps are still alive. Um, what do you think goes down there?
1: Maybe this is me wishful thinking, but. <laughs> I think this series goes seven. So it's in Pittsburgh tomorrow night. I think the Capitals take care of business. They win a close game. Maybe it even goes to overtime. Maybe they win 2 1, 3 2, something like that. And then they go Thursday back to the nation's capital for a fourth game. Uh, Sorry, a a deciding seventh game. So Mm -hmm. I like the Penguins tomorrow night. I mean, the the, uh, Capitals tomorrow night to push the Penguins to seven.
0: I think Pittsburgh ends it for them.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah,
0: back at home, I think they, uh, I think they they take care of it. Hey, um, <laughs> so going to baseball. How about our Yankees? They almost beat the Red Sox, but right now they're five one on the Royals. It's like the Yankees somehow are starting to like wake up. The old men are like, ah, oh, we're not so bad. And then we'll talk about the series. But just updating some of these current scores. So the Tigers jumped out off of a home run from the man, Nick. Not, not Nick Swisher, but the AL batting leader who, Ray, I think a lot of people need to pick up in fantasy baseball that, you know, don't have him on a team. But I saw him as a free agent in our league. Uh, Castan- Castan- How do you say his name? Castaneros? Yeah, he's...
1: I tell you what, there are several interesting stories, storylines in baseball.
0: Well, he's hitting 3.75, Ray, and
1: then in the NL, you got guys
0: 3.96,
1: 3.90. And Dick Casalos but by the way, it's not as if Detroit doesn't have, you know, Harvey's wall bangers oh, up and down that lineup. So he just makes it's like the rich getting richer.
0: It's amazing, but and, I mean, they and Martin Prado.
1: The guy who's been around totally, you know, around the league, uh, you know, several times is leading the National League and also Diaz. Yeah, yeah
0: 396. That's absurd. And Murphy's like, oh, I'm only 395.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daniel Murphy's has 391, and he's, he's third in the league in hitting. Think about that. You're batting 390, and you got two guys ahead of you.
0: It's incredible, but you know it's so funny. Just like you have this great offense, it's sort of surprising because on the other side, there's been some great pitching. I mean, he got a little roughed up yesterday in the Cubs sweep, but Arietta he didn't get the win even though the Cubs won an extra inning. But he's five and zero. Um, Strasburg was going six. for what?
1: Six? Arietta's got six wins, and Chris hill has got seven. So you've got the two strongest oh, pitchers. I thought he was,
0: was going for six yesterday, Arietta.
1: No, he's got 6.
0: Okay, so he's got the Leaves 6 the
1: National League. Yeah.
0: So and then uh and then don't forget um our boy Steven Strasburg. Cuz Strasburg Well, he's
1: pitching tonight. He's got 5 he's wins tonight. and he's on the mound right now. Yep.
0: Yeah. He gave up, he gave up the home run. But I mean, so there's some pitchers along with his great hitting. There's some some great, you know, numbers um, by the pitchers. The NL guys are, you know, they're doing it up. So, Arietta was six. Um, Strasburg is going for six tonight. He's five. So, you know, listen, baseball. But let's talk about the Cubs. Seven in a row. What, 24 and six. The best start since I don't know what. And they are doing this without our boy who got hurt, um, Kyle. Uh, Carl Schwarber, yeah. Carl uh, Schwarber, and they haven't missed a beat. I mean, this is this is pretty impressive, and like we like you were just talking about the White Sox, doing it on the other side, you know, we talked about this uh, Chicago series, South Side, the side series, I called it, the South Side against the North Side, It's the side series. When you go back to Chicago, Ray's got to go visit some folks for his reunion for business school. You got to get the official... Sub what they call it, not the Subway Series, but the side. You tell them Tay called it the Side Series, but find out what they call it if the Cubs and White Sox wind up in a series. What right?
1: not a you on? What's
0: not uh, a you one. You're you right. Gotta, you got What's <laughs> scary
1: is unlike the Yankees that are pieced together with some old guys, some you know middle-aged guys and baseball uh-huh. years, and not that many rookies, the Cubs are young. Young and studly. And, you know, if Theo Epstein is able to break a curse in Boston and then break oh, the curse in fame Chicago, I mm-hmm. mean, he
0: needs to just retire from baseball mm-hmm. and just go out. on Just bronze on the him and put him, like, as soon as you walk into the Hall of Fame, like, he should be either straight ahead or immediately to your right. <laughs> like, just have Theo – and have With both him and, and him.
1: like, uh, Abner Doubleday.
0: Like, you know, yes. the guy who
1: invented <laughs> baseball and the guy who broke the curses back-to-back. Back.
0: Listen, you can't get uh, much more impressive than that. Now, how about Sashman is leading the NL with 30 ribbies, doing it for the Mets. Mets play the Dodgers, big series coming up. Um, we already talked about the Nats and Tigers are playing some good series, Yankees, Royals. And then in the AL, our boy Robinson, don't sleep on the Mariners, playing some good baseball, 33 ribbies to lead the AL with Ortiz at 27 uh, in second. You know, he killed me hitting those homers against the Yankees uh, Sunday night baseball. Two shots. Speaking of shots, have you seen some of – there's been two ridiculous home runs from Stanton this year from the Marlins. Gene um, Gene Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton.
1: Giancarlo.
0: did you the see? He hit,
1: 490, right? Out of the stadium. Out of the stadium, Ray. Oh,
0: my goodness. He
1: must be is swinging so hard that he's going to pull a ribcage muscle or something like that. I mean, how do you generate that much power on a regular basis?
0: It's undetermined. His power is still undetermined.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a little scary that he swings so hard but he's put, you know what's putting a charge into it is uh they're saying Neil Walker from the Mets is actually oh, yeah. hitting home runs and hitting some big time Shot. blasts. Uh that's so good, that that's good. uh that's interesting So you don't always have to be the biggest, but Stanton is one of these big boy, you know, hitters in in the uh you know, in that classic classic home run hitter category. So he's impressive. What about that crazy stat that Bryce Harper over the past two games? Now I haven't seen the box score from tonight, but I'm sure he hasn't gotten
0: enough. More well, yesterday
1: and the day before, the day before. So on Saturday he was over, you know, zero for zero with three walks and uh, I think it was a hit batsman. And yesterday, he was in 13 innings, he was 0-for-0 zero zero with six walks and a hit batsman. So his on-base percentage is 432, so he's third in the league in on-base percentage. But he's reached base safely in 12 straight playoff appearance, plate appearances without official at-bat.
0: He's working a, on You remember how the last two years, how many Times Bonds got walked and intentionally walked? Harper is giving into that category. 12
1: straight at bats without a plate
0: appearance. But also, that's that's the Cubs' philosophy, though, Ray. You know, you got to give that to Madden. Joe Madden, he's like, I refuse to have this guy swing the bat and beat me. And it worked, right? They swept him. The Cubs have won seven in a row. So Madden is working his magic. And, you know, he's. You know he's gonna be manager of the year again. The way he's at it, you know you can't uh, you can't argue with the guy. He does his shifts. He does everything. So right, listen, I'll tell you this: a uh, couple of little different news and notes. This I- I'm shocked because Trump Mark Trumbo is. It's almost like he's a new guy. He's batting three twenty-five Ray, for the Orioles. Who you know they're still near the top, battling with the Red Sox, but. I'm just mystified, you know. You know the AL leaders. He's fifth in batting. That this guy, you know, him and Machado, but he was—he just wasn't an average hitter his whole career, you know. And was supposed to be a it slugger. It be the
1: crab cakes. I mean, other than that, what's new?
0: Right, listen, maybe it's the help in the lineup too, though, because when you play with Jones and Machado, and oh by the way, give Machado some Chris props. Davis. Uh, Yeah, Chris Davis, but while J.J. Hardy's out, Machado's over there like, oh, yeah, I play third, but I'll go play shortstop and and give you some gold glove performances. That's how good Machado is. Second in AL batting, 350. he he'll be at shortstop for like two or three weeks while J.J. Hardy's out. So, you know,
1: Manny Machado (laughs) in the National League and Nolan Arenado, sorry, in the American League, and Nolan Arenado in the National League are just two unbelievably talented third baseman. They're going to win every gold glove for the next 10 years. And they, they may even sneak in a batting title or two and possibly compete for MVP, uh, even though Trout and Harper are probably year in and year out the favorites.
0: But those two are pretty hit. unbelievable. Arenado's got 12 homers to lead the NL.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, these guys are unbelievable. Machado and Arenado are just two. Awesome, awesome young third baseman. And I wonder if the whole, you know, Cal Ripken, Alex Rodriguez, you know, kind of the big shortstop and now the big third baseman. And what's great about these two is they're starting to come into their own offensively, but they always, from the minute they hit the major leagues, were great defensive players. And third base is one of those positions where, like a Chris Bryant, for example, they kind of stuck him at third because they didn't know really where to put him, but he's not half the defensive third baseman. that These guys are, these guys came up as really, really superior defensive third baseman. And then, you know, gold glove material from the minute
0: they hit the league. No. And I think it's great because, you know, sometimes like we talk about in basketball, there's certain positions that sort of stand out and, we just sort of have left the golden era of shortstop. You know, we grew up with Greg Nettles and, and, and Ron Say and Mike Schmidt, some great third basemen. And now it seems like the third basemen are coming back. First basemen seem to always stay there because, you know, you always put a great hitter at first base and same with, you know, the outfield. But I think it's good to see guys who have the bat, have the glove, Arm. I mean, it seems like they have a little. They they have a little bit of everything, right? All these guys, they're, they're legit in every facet. So baseball fans, and and I like the diversity. I mean, there's so much. I mean, you you know, you got great players from Venezuela. You got some from Curacao. You've got American. You've got you know J- Japanese. But you've got you know each different country: Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Cuban. I mean, it's it's amazing how much. I guess, international talent baseball has, right? You don't see it in football. You see it in baseball and in basketball. And, um, you know, that, that that can only be good globally for the growth of the game. And, you know, I guess, what, next year before the season, they'll have the um, the World uh, Classic, the baseball game. And that's going to be fun to watch, too, see, you know, these right. guys. Right. Did you
1: see real quick here. in baseball, they moved that series, the Marlins and the Pirates. They moved it from Puerto Rico back to Miami because of Zika. So I know a yeah. lot of Puerto Rican uh, baseball officials were frustrated with that decision. The other thing is transitioning here to, to the football for a sec. Do you hear about the changes at ESPN? So apparently, you know, Mike Tirico is leaving.
0: Yeah, I'm going uh, to deal with NBC. He's going to do Thursday
1: night football. Right. So Sean McDonough. The basketball guy is going uh-huh. to be the new play-by-play guy for Monday Night Football for
0: ESPN. Ooh.
1: And then with with, said, with Gruden,
0: is he still with Gruden?
1: Yeah. And then they said in the studio apparently uh <laughs> Ray Lewis and Chris Carter are out
0: and no. Randy Moss
1: is in. So Randy they're Ross. shaking it up.
0: Yeah. Wow. So Keyshawn stays with Berman and Ditka. And, of course, our boy um, the linebacker, Tom Jackson. Now, honestly, I I think Chris Carter is really good and Ray Lewis, I thought, was great because he wasn't in the studio. He was on the sidelines with Dilfer and Young and Steve Levy. So I think, honestly, if you're being fair, I think it might be more time to say goodbye to Ditka because he's slowing down a bit and you see it on TV. He's messing up words. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, I'm sort of surprised at that. I guess they're just trying to be respectful. But to yeah, me, I'm Yeah, I think st-
1: they need a guy. So Ditka represents kind of the old guard, the coach, the, you know, so they need to find a Mike Ditka. Uh, you know, CBS has Bill Cowher and Fox had Jimmy Johnson so you need that older guy. Well, maybe who you was go a ahead and pay slash Brian player. Billick.
0: Go pay, go pay Brian Billick from NFL Network. See if you can get him over because he's so good. You know, he's one of the best former coaches in, in terms of broadcasting and all that stuff, especially to be in studio. He's awesome. I'm surprised at that because Dick is slipping. Chris Carter's really good. So that's a shame. He's still with ESPN though, right? We'll no, out
1: apparently there's a rumor that ESPN is cutting ties with him and Ray Lewis.
0: Wow. Okay. Gosh. Well, you. I reported well. on
1: Yahoo. So you know, okay. obviously ESPN hasn't made the official announcement yet.
0: But keep you your to, eye out. You, you hate to hear that, but let's let's talk about this for real quick because we we gave Tarico his props. Not sure if I love uh, McDonough Monday night football You know
1: what? Truthfully I don't even know. I haven't heard him play I haven't do heard him do football. I guess he's done some bowl games. Maybe I have had him heard him do football. Yeah. But I know him from basketball. He's a college exactly. basketball guy.
0: And he's good.
1: He's not You know me, I still have a sore spot in my heart for Mike Patrick. And I don't know why he got disrespected because you know he was doing it with Joe Biden
0: on on ESPN, and he was so solid. Yeah,
1: Mike Patrick, that's my guy. So now he does, you know, women's basketball and men's college basketball. But that's that's
0: Mike Patrick. It's my guy. No, he was he was sort of like a Tariko before Tariko. because remember Patrick would do everything. So yeah. Listen, it's very fascinating, and this is something, you know, the fans might not care about, but, you know, sports, guys like us, and, you know, doing a radio show and being broadcasters, it's fascinating for us, and growing up on great guys like, you know, Marv Albert and stuff in New York, and even, you know, radio guys like Mike Francesa and Chris Russo, I think we wish everybody well. Hope, uh, you know, Chris Carter, Ray Lewis, they land on their feet. I wonder if CBS will do any shaking up or any of the other networks, um, you know, with that happening. Everything starts to happen at this time in May. You know, next week, I think, you know, everybody announces their fall TV schedules. So, you know, you'll look out for that for all the new TV shows on Fox and ABC and NBC and CBS and, you know, TV and everything. Time for firings and hirings uh, the second, third week of May for television folks. So, you know, anyway. Look, great great show. We'll be back the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll, we'll tweet it out for you. Um, we'll talk about the top five centers right now. The game should be good tonight. I think I last saw the heat were, were up. Uh, it was close early. But um, either way, you know, it'll be fun. We'll see if Curry plays tonight. Probably will. I don't think he should, but you know they're probably getting the antsy. Twenty-one, twenty-one Raptors Heat, and um, hey, you know, should be a great sports week. We'll get ready to find out how these uh, basketball combine. Ben Simmons will not compete, Ray. He's not gonna. Uh,
1: uh, uh, he probably uh, doesn't need I, to. Yeah, I know risk management, right? He's gonna go one or two regardless, but still, you yeah. like to see people do it on the court.
0: Pretty weak draft, though. I mean, you've got the two guys, uh, the kid from Croatia, Buddy Heald, and Bryce Johnson, a couple other guys, Chris Dunn. It's not a very deep draft. I mean, maybe five to eight picks could be, you know, starters. The rest are just all role players. So this is not a big draft. Next year is looking like with Kennedy Meeks and other guys returning and the freshman class being super talented. Next year's draft will be a lot better. So either way, look out for that, and we'll talk to you about the lottery next week. That'll be fun on the 17th. Great show. Like always, thanks for listening. And, uh, hey, send us your emails. Who who are your top five shooting guards in the NBA right now? Send it to today at gmail.com. Talk to you uh, probably on Friday. Have a great sports week. Um,